This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Good afternoon, Kim. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween. Now you are in full costume, which is adorable. I'm just in my orca whale hat. But I, you could say we're both sea creatures. You're so funny. <laughs> you look awesome. You're the yeah. cutest little penguin boy. If any of the transitions to get flubbed, you know it's because of my flippers. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> Can't click on the video. What? What? Oh, that's really good. Uh, happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween. You're fully in the spirit. Yeah, I got to turn my headphones up so I can hear it through my penguin head. Mm. Okay. I'm I had to put my headphones underneath my orca hat. So, yeah. <laughs> Life is hard for sea creatures. It's a rough sea creature day. Uh, Sandy likes the costumes. Awesome. Is anybody in the in the crew dressed up here? Are you guys dressed up at all? Send us a photo. Kim at the afterparty.live. John over there at yeah, the send after them to live. Send them I don't to think me. I can check my email and my flippers. <laughs> flippers. <laughs> really funny. Happy Halloween, says Francine. Ah, the sea creatures. Yes, uh, says Mo. Wonderful. We didn't even uh, plan that. No, we didn't. Thank you for being here with us on this Halloween. I hope you guys all have some interesting plans tonight. We got some uh, pictures sent to us on the Mark Thompson show of really elaborate and intricate pumpkin carving. So that mm. kind of put me a bit in the Halloween spirit. Um, you guys do not disappoint. Well, it is a party, the surface spin. So, yeah. you know, we, we take the Halloween party part of the party very serious. Lee. So, you know, uh, very snazzy. Deborah liking the costumes. Excellent. Nice. Do we have a long shot from the beak? <laughs> oh, you guys are so funny. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's what it's about. There's so much serious stuff going on in the world that sometimes taking any moment to do something fun and celebrate seems like a worthwhile endeavor. So we'll take all the goofy good times while we can get them. Well, and as sea creatures, we don't have to worry about getting the COVID vaccine, but apparently the mm. human folk do, and it's in yeah. the news. The human folks do have to worry about COVID. As a matter of fact, I was reading a story earlier that in Marin County, because of the risk of flu and COVID at yeah. healthcare settings, hospitals, and also at um, nursing care facilities, they now have the mask mandate back up for healthcare settings in Marin County. Not a beak mandate, just a mask. <laughs> just a mask mandate. But mm. one of the things that we can do, of course, and we all know this, don't we all know this by now? Apparently a lot of us don't know this, is that we can get vaccinated to help keep us alive. Because sometimes um, people are going to get it no matter what. But whether you've been vaccinated or not, really makes the difference as to whether you come out the other side of it or whether you don't. But sadly, the vaccine uptake, so the number of people opting to get the vaccine, especially among older demographics, they're calling it abysmal. This can be a little bit scary. People are deciding, yeah, no thanks. The vaccine, the COVID vaccine has been, the new booster has been available Mm, for about a month. In the first month of it, 7% of U.S. adults and 2% of children received the shots. One health expert calling that abysmal. And so this is even among the demographics most vulnerable for COVID, right? The older folks. 20% of individuals aged 75 or older have been vaccinated. 15% of those between the ages of 65 and 74. That's of, as of October 14th. And it, it pertains to the latest booster shot. The figures were presented to scientific advisors at the CDC, derived from national surveys involving 15,000 people. Um, this Politico article uh, mentioned talks about 12 million people, which is less than 4% of the U.S. population, got the new vaccine in the first five weeks of its availability. And it may be because a stumbling start of the rollout, or it may be because people don't want to get, you know, feel a little under the weather when they first get the vaccine. Yeah, I think I there's know. something going on in terms of um, like a waning urgency 
to mm-hmm. COVID because people are walking around and basically kind of forgetting that COVID's a thing day to day. And then the idea of like, oh man, I have to go take another shot. Well, I haven't gotten sick. A lot of people you know, probably think I haven't gotten sick or, you know, I got so many boosters. Like my mother is hesitating now she's in her eighties and I have to convince her every time, okay, you need the booster. But it's been so long since we had that kind of urgent media push Mm-hmm. you know, and the doctors coming on TV that I think society is just getting tired of it. And it, and or they're thinking that, you know, it's gone on for so long. I want it to be over. I think there's some psychological b- mental block going on. What's with your mom's reason? Why, why was she thinking that she didn't, wasn't necessarily going to go get the latest booster? I think because it's just so many shots. So in her mind, it's just like, okay, enough already. Like, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm already safe. Like, it's just, you know, she doesn't come from it. She doesn't have a scientific background. It's just her, right. you know, layman thinking. It's like, you know, I haven't been sick. I haven't gotten sick. Um, it's just this natural. She doesn't like to take medication anyway. Right. So it, she has to be convinced. And I feel that that urgency, you know, because... What did we see on, on TV during the COVID pa- pandemic? We saw people dying, right? Yeah. It kind of motivated people to think, okay, I really need this. So yeah. as society has kind of gone back into normal mode, I feel like that urgency, um, that, that that feeling that it's critical, it's mission critical to get the shot, I think that's waning amongst well, a lot of people. It's hard enough to convince people to go out once a year and get their flu shot. So now with these COVID boosters, it seems like you have multiple boosters every year coming out. So is it every three months that we need it? Is it every six months that we need it? How often right. do we need it? If you had one six months ago, should you get the latest one with the And I think a lot variants? of people feel like, because obviously this is a, this is a novel virus, that, that feeling that, oh, the scientific community or the drug manufacturers are winging it. Yeah. <laughs> get it? Winging it? Uh, that they're winging it, they don't really know, and that there's a profit motive or there's some kind of, you know, not necessarily a conspiracy theory, but it's like it's being pushed on us for a reason and I don't want it. So, you know, not only are you, you probably already lost the conservatives who didn't want to take the shot. Now you're losing moderates and left-leaning people as well. So I think something's going on psychologically, I think, and I think it has to do with the fatigue, COVID fatigue. Well, that's what one health expert says in this uh, this piece out of the Chronicle. He said, I think there's a lot of folks that say, I got the original shots. Aren't we done here? Right. Or I've had COVID. Aren't yeah. I protected? That's I'm trying to help them thinking. understand two important facts. One, the virus has changed and this updated vaccine is mapped to those changes in the virus. The other fact is that we're seeing in the data your protection from either a previous vaccine or from having COVID decreases over time. The answer, no, you're not protected. Yes, you need the booster. You just do. Anyway, so I just down. wanted I wanted yeah. us to mention that. Just I thought it was interesting, even among older mm-hmm. demographics, that people are not, um, It's it, the uptake is abysmal, according to the Chronicle. Um, <laughs> SF Tesla is asking if I'm a generic penguin. How dare you? Uh, or a cartoon <laughs> character. Um, I am a generic penguin. But, uh, you what, know. but what species of penguin? Um, the kind from the polar ice caps and they're melting, Kim. I don't have a lot of time, so we got to get through the show. I don't have a lot of time. My habitat is being destroyed as we speak, but we want to thank oh, yes, from some yesterday. super stickers mm-hmm. from yesterday during, uh, during the pre-recorded show, the after party live, not so live. Deborah gave us $10, mm-hmm. a $10 super sticker. Thank you, Deborah. And SJ Lola gave us a $10 super sticker. That's Thank you, so SJ nice. Lola. You guys are so awesome. I was hanging I out in the chat. There was a little bit of confusion. Uh, mm. I was live in the chat, but uh, right. the show was recorded. Yeah, I will say that. Um, thank you guys for bearing with us on the not live after party live yesterday. That class, the fourth grade class party went off very well. Nice. Emperor Penguin says Elise. Yes, I think you are an Emperor Penguin. Uh, it, we had the uh, witch's ring toss, the create your own creepy cupcake. We had a Halloween word puzzle. We had a Halloween beanbag toss. So I think the kids really enjoyed it. Lots of prizes and lots of fun. I will Let's say talk. that I went for the um, I went for the penguin that was more cartoonish looking because some of them mm-hmm. were really creepy, like some mm. really creepy penguin heads, and I didn't want to scare people. No, I think you're adorable. Although I love was that re- your face is showing. This is what was um, well. It's funny. This the the beak comes down. It's I had to stuff it, and when I went out on Saturday, this was my costume on Saturday. I, I tied it up higher, and I had a <laughs> band around my head because. It was in you my face. You see where you're going? Yeah. yeah, but as I was walking down the street, it was very popular with drunk people in the street. Penguin! Oh. Penguin! So then I would make like a penguin noise. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. 
<laughs> and run and waddle yeah. as fast as you can, right? I tried oh to do gosh. the accurate penguin sound, but have you ever heard a penguin? It's like it's not a recognizable noise. No. It's like and every time I did it, it sounded like an iPhone was going off. So I just switched I switched my sound. You're so funny. Oh, look at you. I can't look away. Okay, well, it's fitting that we're animals today because we have three bears that were locked inside of a minivan. That's got to be a messy minivan, let me tell (laughs) you. Do you want to back after that? Was she taking them to band camp or soccer practice? (laughs) Bear camp, yeah. Uh, This happened in North Carolina. The trio of bears became locked inside this minivan that folks had to use a rope to get them out. Yeah, uh, we actually have the full story if we oh, want to run it. Let's watch the video. Let's okay. do it. Do it. Here yeah. it is. The deputies who responded to the call say all they saw were snouts and eyes. That's mm. body cam video of Deputy Scott Bray and Tom Gwynn arriving at the home near Banner Elk. They believe the mama bear managed to get the door of the minivan open. Mm. She and her cubs just climbed inside. Then they closed the door behind them because of the damage inside the rear sliding doors no longer work. The deputies decided to rope. They tied a rope yeah, to the front door, tied a rope. pulled yeah, it from a safe distance, watched smart. the mama bear climb out, mm. but she didn't leave. She ended up turning around and getting up on her hind legs. Uh-oh. Where are my kids? It was then the men learned there were cubs in the rear of the van. Oh. The two deputies worked yeah. together, coaxed them out. Both oh. cubs ran towards the backyard where they were reunited with mom Mama. and another cub that happened to be over there watching from a Ooh. tree. Oh. The minivan sustained wow. thousands of dollars in damage. It was rented. <laughs> yeah, oh, I unfortunately, bet. Joel, Look at it's trashed. Had a little insurance. There it was. Tie it, pull the door open. Mom comes out. Everybody's They're okay, lucky except that <laughs> Christchurch-Pacifica minivan. Explain that one to the guy, Davis. Right. It was a whole family what of bears. So it wasn't was... just one bear. It was a whole family of bears. I was going to yeah. say, you know. Can you I'm, imagine I'm if you a... didn't get the insurance? Yeah. You're like, oh, Or the man. kid's late to school. Why were you late? There were bears in the minivan. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the one time where you're glad you paid the extra 10 bucks for the insurance. <laughs> That's a great animal story. I and they're really smart with the rope being far away. I thought that was ingenious. Oh, I thought you meant the bears. Well, the bears were smart no. until they locked themselves in. Um, let's move I'm, to uh, this is uh, Utah. I'm uh, always good for a good sheep story. This is great. <laughs> uh, sheep are less frightening, uh, threatening to me as a penguin. Uh, some 1,000 <laughs> sheep, although if there's a thousand of them, uh, were paraded down a Utah city's main street for the annual cedar. City Sheep Parade. The parade, part of the Cedar Livestock and Heritage uh, Festival, featured approximately 1,000 sheep being herded from the Cedar Mountain Pastures to Cedar Cedar City's Main Street. You want to check it out? Yes, Here are the sheep. Let's take a look. Wow. Look at them go. That's a lot of sheep. Yeah. I mean, we're from Petaluma, but I don't think we ever had anything this rural. This is extreme... I kind of like production. them better when they're not shepherded, when they're just running wild and crazy all over everything. But okay. Yeah, but this is a parade, yeah. Kim. Yeah. The sheep have to have processes, protocols. That's that's right. And standards. That's yeah, pretty, uh, cute. pretty they, cool. Uh, they were accompanied by antique trailers, or I'm sorry, tractors, horses. It's hard to read through the speak, under the speak. Horses, <laughs> wagons, stock dogs, youth groups, and big, uh, bagpipe bands. The festival's website says the sheep procession, which dates back to 1870, is probably one of the most unique parades in the country. I would say that. Yeah. That's true. It's pretty cool. We do have in Petaluma every year, at the end of I Street, there's a bunch of sheep. And every oh, that's year... That's way out there. They parade them down I Street into downtown Petaluma mm. uh, as they're being moved. And so that they do. do now, are they chaotic? I know you prefer a chaotic procession. I of do. Sheep. Well, we had a bunch in my neighborhood that were chomping down on some grass in the local park and mm-hmm. they escaped their penned in area and got loose in the neighborhood and they were eating people's roses in the yards. And yeah, this so is why I, you I have do to enjoy have that a little bit more. Yeah. And protocols. Um, let's move to some Halloween stories because there's something that happened in Alameda that is not so fun on this Halloween. It was a trunk or treat event at Alameda's Amelia Earhart Elementary School over the weekend. And we mentioned this a bit on Nikki's show, but yeah, somebody 
either, I want to think it was on accident, perhaps on purpose, put some uh, marijuana-laced candy into the treat bags of some of the kids. <coughs> At least one kid got sick after what they thought was just a chew candy, like a starburst or maybe a now and later kind of situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's funny, John. Thank you. Um, and the parents looked at the candies and said, yeah, it's a cannabis infused candy. So they had to go through, parents had to go through all the bags of candy and they found at least, I think four kids had this candy. Uh, the school now says we're working quickly to try to figure it out. Uh, PTA is involved. So yeah, they have, it's the cannabis fruit chews. Um, and parents are saying we never would have looked if we hadn't. Right. So they're the manufactured. They're from like from the a school. They're from a yeah. dispensary. So somebody just right. put them in the candy bowl by accident or thought they were being funny or whatever. Yeah. They look like real candy though. That's the problem with it. So I don't know if they can figure out exactly who put them in there or what the, you know, whether it was Inten with intent or what was this at um, mark's house yeah mark's house mark's giving <laughs> out the pot candy that's what he's doing no mark's saving that for himself oh uh, no well, yeah mm. after, after a day like today um this is pretty cool hundreds of people in spider-man costumes <laughs> i love i love stories like this yeah uh, this is argentina an estimated 2,000 people in Spider-Man costumes gathered in the capital city of Argentina to attempt to break a Guinness world record. We won't show you video because Guinness doesn't like us. Influencer Yuki <laughs> Dean, who organized the event on social media, says he believes the number of people in Spider-Man costumes at the uh, obelisk in Buenos Aires may have reached 3,000 at one point, but there weren't enough notaries to count all the participants. But like, let's look at some of these photos. There were a lot of people. Are you ready for the wide shot? Look at them all. Wow. Here's, here's the wide shot. <gasps> Look at all the Spider-Men. Yeah. What, about or two or three thousand? They think that they didn't have enough people, you know, you know, enough. Uh, Guinness was falling down on the job and I can hate on them now because they keep striking our show. The gathering aimed to break the Guinness <laughs> World Record for the largest <laughs> gathering of people dressed as Spider-Man, which had been 685, which was set in Malaysia in June of actually this year. Dean said participants filled a truck with non-perishable food to be donated to a local charity. Evidence from the record attempt must still be reviewed by Guinness World Records before they can put it up on their YouTube channel. Mm, that's pretty cool. As they do. Um, let's jump to this Florida story that you have in here because I haven't... I, this is going to surprise me. I haven't taken a look at this. It's about a, a mysterious it's yellow a line story. appearing yeah. in the roadway. Tell me more, John Daly. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. That's a yellow line where it's not supposed to be. What? Right in the middle of a lane. Yeah. A mysterious yellow line appeared in the middle of a Florida road for the second time in about a month. Uh, so drivers in St. John's County, uh, no relation, said the yellow trail of apparent spilled mm. paint. Wow, that's spilled. That doesn't look that bad. Or spilled it's spilled paint. perfectly in a perfect spilled line. Spilled paint appeared on US-1 between International Golf Parkway and County Road uh, 312 in St. Augustine. You know where that is. A yellow line was previously noted by drivers in September on a 23-mile stretch of southbound Interstate 95, starting at the Acosta Bridge, of course, and ending at St. John's County Road 210 in St. Augustine. So here's the other photo. This one's a little more messy. Yeah. Um, the line was later removed by the Florida Department of Transportation, but officials were unable to identify its source. In both cases, drivers expressed concern, of course, that the apparent spill resembled a yellow line denoting traffic barrier lanes. Uh, the mm -hmm. Florida Department of Tr uh, Transportation said crews would be dispatched to examine the latest line, of course, and they'll have to, to get rid of it. But uh, leave it to Florida. Somebody Is yeah. somebody doing that on purpose, do you think? I don't think that's an accident. Does that look like a yeah. spill spill of paint? No. That one especially. No, mm -hmm. I think somebody was messing messing with yeah. them. This, this person's just a little sloppier. Okay, this next story is absolutely wild. You know, a lot of people, I've never had one. But a lot of people have had MRIs. You got to go maybe for your back or your knee. I just or got MRI one for my knee. Brain. Okay. Fourteen hundred dollars, yeah, so. by the way. Uh, I didn't pay that, but fourteen hundred dollars is what insurance was billed. It is not cheap for just I'll the tell knee. You. Just the knee. Well, this happened. What? Yeah. What are we looking at here? Well, that is a hospital bed, a Hill Rom hospital bed. Oh no! Sucked into an MRI machine. You are not supposed to have anything. Anything metal. metal near that MRI machine. Look at right. that. 
just sucked right in there. So the wow. bed that that's supposed to be there is probably plastic, I imagine, normally. <sighs> this happened right at the Kaiser Redwood City Medical Center here in the Bay Area. The Glad I wasn't technologists, one of they say they just finished one scan or just finished a call and they heard screaming coming from the other room. Now, there's a series of doors that you have to get in to kind right. of make sure before you go into one room to the next, like, do you have anything metal in your hand? What have you? Well, this hospital bed was pulled uncontrollably into the MRI machine was by a its magnetic it? force. Yes. The oh. person <sighs> rolled off well, the person rolled off the bed. Oh, all right. Thank God. So the person's okay. But there was a nurse standing right near this bed. And she became pinned between the bed and the machine. Oh, Jesus. And had crush injuries that she suffered and had to be taken to surgery. Her quote is I was getting pushed by the bed. I was running backwards. If I didn't run, the bed would smash me underneath. She had a laceration that required surgery, the removal of two embedded screws from the bed that were in her. The patient who fell from the bed onto the floor, thank God, wasn't hurt. Uh, this happened a while back. It actually happened in February, but we're just kind of seeing the story coming February. out now. Mm, thank you very much, Jean. Uh, it apparently keeps pulling and pulling and pulling whatever metal object is in its path trying to get that magnetically attracted object closer. There have been a number of incidents related to MRI machines. They are very valuable as a tool to look inside and diagnose. It was very valuable. Well, you have to be really, really careful. Like they tell you no earrings. If you know, if you have metal on your bra, if you have metal inside your body, screws, whatever, you can't go in to the MRI machine, right? Um, what happened here is the nurse and, uh, and patient care tech officer, what happened was were left unsupervised <laughs> without MRI personnel. So the MRI personnel are trained, but the nurse and the patient were in the room alone and, who turned and it no on? one, including the patient was ever screened. The door to the magnetic room was left open. The safety alarm never sounded Ooh. the, uh, they can't speculate on how often incidents like this happen. But we can. Mm. Uh, there are safety experts, though. They say they've studied hundreds of incidents and that safety training is vitally important. The MRI personnel should have had minimum standards like airline pilots. Um, they say standardization, certification, recertification, ensuring you're on top of your game are critical, critical aspects to make sure that uh, people are safe. It always so, comes down to the processes, protocols, and standards. Doug and I are thinking the same way. I was going to ask people to, to smash the like button, but you could smash it with your hospital yes. bed. I guess you, you know, can. It doesn't have to be a, a, a rod of equity and mercy. Uh, it can oh, be your hospital bed. Just smash man. it. I can't even imagine the crunch of plastic and metal when this happened. Crazy. I'm glad the nurse is going to be okay. I'm but, sure it wow. happened very quickly. What That's a, a thing. Mega, mega magnet. Yeah. Okay, um, from freak accident to... <laughs> freak accident. <laughs> to a freaky accident. Check this out. A U-Haul filled with marijuana crashes into a Southern California police station gate. And uh, this is pretty crazy. This is Temple City, California. <laughs> Two people were you know, arrested. often when I rent a U-Haul is what I'm planning to do is fill it with er the herb. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't, you know, say you're moving between two homes. You can't stay at home and stay, you know, and, and get baked when you have no. to go to your new home and get baked. You got to right? pack it in. That's right. Yeah. You got to pack up your marijuana. Two people were arrested after a U-Haul truck filled with bags of marijuana crashed into the gates of this police station, fire station in Sierra Madre. And police are now investigating a previous car crash and the drivers claim that he was shot. The chain of events unfolded overnight, according to L.A. Uh, sheriffs. The driver reported that he was shot somewhere in the Temple City area before driving over to Sierra Madre, where the apparent crash happened. Investigators are trying to determine if, if and how the shooting happened. The U-Haul driver had an unspecified wound to his arm, uh, probably burned himself with his lighter. At one point during the night, uh, police say the U-Haul driver sideswiped a BMW, of course, and did not stop. The BMW driver followed him to the police station and reported the incident. The U-Haul driver and a passenger were arrested for per possession of narcotics. The driver was taken to the hospital for treatment and on Friday morning was being questioned at the sheriff's 
station in Temple City. Heather uh, says, U- on its way to deliver weed to kids on Halloween. <laughs> no. <laughs> the U-Haul truck was also moved to the station for the ongoing investigation. It's unclear how much marijuana was inside. You mm-hmm. know, the sheriffs uh, may have started with number one number and ended up with another number, depending on how bored they were that night. Wow. Who I knows? mean, of all things. So there's this restaurant, and I have to tell you, it looks amazing. If I lived in this state, I would love but to that's go not gonna happen. and have dinner or dine on the terrace. I'm looking for the picture oh, of this. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Look how pretty that is. So nice. There's of only one problem, restaurant. though. Yeah. Or two I'm problems. A, apparently, they don't want my kids anywhere near this restaurant. But now, second of all, it's I'll in Georgia. S- it's in Georgia. Yeah, I'm not going there. But look how pretty. It's got lights at night. I think I put a bunch of pictures of this restaurant in there because it's just so picturesque. But apparently very unfriendly they have a surcharge for what they say parents unable to parent yeah baby what does that mean so okay i'm all for this if if your kids are being incredibly disruptive are they screaming at the table are they throwing their silverware are they running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth yeah, it's, it's it, a trash surcharge. I, I understand. It's like a Walmart tax. Come on. I get it. Right before the gratuity disclaimer on the menu, it says adult surcharge for adults unable to parent, and it just has $3 bills. Turns out, yeah, it's a $50 surcharge if you're a crap parent, uh, to their thinking of parenting, all right? To their standard. So, See, everybody standard. needs to have standards. This is the Tacoa Riverside Restaurant. It's, um, again, in Georgia, but there was this woman from Florida who happened to be visiting with her family and four other families, and they had 11 kids at their table, ranging from age three to eight years old. Okay, 11 little kids. That's a lot. Heather has it's no hard. problem with this. Uh, I see no issue with this. Uh, Sandy says, uh, sounds like my kind of restaurant. It seems like it's okay, popular Okay, but here. wait. I agree with you guys to a point, but wait. So first of all, I think you have 11 kids, right? And you have to be somewhat accommodating. Um, She said, the woman said, I was actually surprised at how well behaved they were during their meal. But the owner did not agree. And so when the owner approached the table after dessert, he pointed to the menu where it mentioned the surcharge. Did you see this right here? At first, she said, I thought he was going to compliment us and be like, You won't Mm. be charged because your kids were so well behaved. But the owner informed this woman the bill would have an additional $50 added due to the kids being too loud. Some of the adults had taken the kids outside after the meal, but the owner was still angry that the kids were running around outside. See, that's what you're supposed to do. So Donald's asking, what is their metric for determining the application of the penalty? Sounds like a scam. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I would say if your kids are being a little loud... You take them outside, get your yayas out, calm down, and then we seat. I'm not one of these people who, you know, when you're at the at dinner, when you're at a restaurant, you'll stay in your chair. Your ki- my kids don't wander around the restaurant. But as somebody who's single no. who uh, observes parents, um, what I've noticed is that most parents have acclimated to the rambunctiousness and annoyance yeah. of their children, and they're like they're they, they're like blind to it. Uh, mm. everywhere and in shop it's not every parent but it's a lot of them yeah uh, in, at Safeway in restaurants they they just tolerate it to the point where it's like it's imposing on the people around and around you even if you're sitting down to coffee you know you're, you're trying to enjoy that ambiance in that space and you bring in a like a whole family of kids and they're screaming and yelling and the parents yeah. like they're not even they're not doing anything but no you know and every cool. every time that happens my first thought mm. is like if they were my kids shit 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 <laughs> We would have some standards. Some of the grownups took the kids outside. Uh, They were running around outside. And I guess the owner of the restaurant didn't like that. Uh, He got in her face, the owner, and said, those kids belong in a Burger King, not at his nice restaurant. So today.com calls the restaurant to find out what's going on and is allegedly told, we're not going to comment on a policy we've had for years. We just want to live in the woods and cook. Well, maybe they should just have a sign in the front that said this is not a this is an adults only restaurant. 
some of the comments. I don't. I don't like the idea of, of any restaurant sneaking something on the menu. You know, we've right. seen this before, where all of a sudden you're like mandatory service charge. Like, well, if it's on who the reads menu, the entire menu before ordering? Usually, you know, yeah, you, that's they ask true. you what do you want. You look at the top. You're like, okay, start there. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. That should be like an yeah. inconspicuous place, like up front as you walk in or outside. On the sign on the door when you walk in. Yeah. yeah. One restaurant said, being a Karen goes both ways. This restaurant is giving me Karen vibes. Passive aggressive menu, lack of consistent formatting, uh, co complicated pricing. Well, it's totally subjective. I yeah. mean, when you when you know it, you know it. But, you know, there's a point at which it's it's still subjective, right? Where one person is going to find the kids annoying and another person is going to find them right. appropriate. Someone said, I'd pay money to watch Gordon Ramsay visit this place. <laughs> I was once in Monterey, and it was a birthday weekend. And so my husband and I... We I had love Monterey. Julia. The aquarium? The aquarium, yeah. Can I hear an yeah. amen? Your buddies are all there. Um, but I had Julia, and she must have been like 18 months old. And we were looking for a restaurant to go to. And we found this place someone recommended... I don't know, fish house or some fish restaurant. Oh, I'm intrigued. So Tell me I more. Logged into the website and it said, we don't have high chairs hmm. right on the website. And what that told me is we don't want you to bring your children. here. We don't like your kind message received. If you don't even have high chairs, you're telling me it's not a family friendly place and I'm not welcome there. Got it. That's all I need to know because I don't want to spend my money or be somewhere where I'm not wanted any more than you don't want me there, right? Penguins so, and adults only. That's what that's I say. Right. That's exactly right. Speaking but of children. In, yes. Guess who's back in the news? Oh, not this grown toddler. Elon Musk declares that X will be a fully fledged dating website within the what? year. What? What do you mean dating <sighs> website? Are you going to, is he going to change it from being a place to share information X, and news? If you remember what they said, X was going to be the center of the universe. It was going to be everything. It was going to so be the So is it just going to be extra? Right. It, <laughs> guacamole is extra. Uh, they said they were, remember they said they were going to be the ultimate payment platform. They wanted to be, they basically defined it as like, we want to be the internet. Because they were saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to do this. And everyone was mm -hmm. responding to it on Twitter and and uh, on thread saying, well, you're just describing the internet, dude. Elon Musk's grandiose plans for X, a social media website formerly known as Twitter, uh, have expanded into the dating realm, according to a report uh, from Business Insider. The website cited two sources who were present during an all-hands video call on the one-year anniversary of Musk's acquisition of the social media platform for $44 billion. Mm. That is insane that he paid that much money. The call's reported purpose was to review all the changes Musk has made to the platform over the past year and to ramp up excitement for 2024. X 2024! <laughs> no. Musk did not get into no, details thanks. of how exactly X would be become a dating app. If there's any user demand for such features, that's a good question. Or uh, I guess you could go to farmersonly.com uh, or MAGA, magadating.com. Or what further product changes would be made to turn it into one, one of the people present said. However, the idea is in line with Musk's push for features that require payment, as most dating apps today are some form of subscription service. In addition to the dating feature, Musk told employees that X will operate as a digital bank. This is what I was talking about. The banking idea isn't new. Uh, the Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Journal reported that in April. Part of X's plan to turn into a $250 billion business. He wants people to pay for everything, a source wow. told Insider. Uh, adding that the building X uh, that they're building X to operate as a bank, it doesn't seem like what uh, their users actually want. This is what this is what uh, Elon Musk wants, right? He wants things that will make money. That's really though. Then you know what? Open a dating website because that's not what X is. X yeah. is a completely different thing. Are you full now, of hate wanna, and bigotry? Are you looking you wanna... for a partner <laughs> to share in your hate and bigotry? Come to if X. You, if you want to say. X dating, which is, you know, a lame name for a company. But if, if you want to do that and make it a subsidiary, fine. But why do you have to tamper with X? You can call it XXX, get it? <laughs> uh, uh, <sighs> why don't you stop alienating your advertisers and you wouldn't lose, you know, the billions of dollars that you've lost? Um, anyway, there's the man right. child. Let's go to China. This is okay. cool. I'm really loving this story. This is a brand new museum. Look at this. It is a, they call it a floating museum. 
It is a metallic star floating on the surface of a lake. It looks kind of like a spaceship in a way, I think. Uh, something like straight out of science like fiction for sure. Mm -hmm. It's called the Chengdu Science Fiction Museum. It's in the capital of the Sichuan province in southwest China. From one side, the roof looks like the sloping mountains in the distance. From mm -hmm. the other, uh, looks like maybe a cloud, a cantilever arches suspended above seamless panes of glass. It's cool looking. Um, it took a long time to build this one. It was commissioned in 2022 to host this year's 81st annual World Science Fiction Convention, Worldcon. A building of its size and complexity would typically take four or five years to build, but this 59,000 square meter building, three times the size of the Sydney Opera House, which, by the way, just turned 50 years old, went from concept to completion in just 12 months. So I'm sorry, it didn't take a long time to build. It was very short. They have a time tunnel is what we're looking at right here. The time tunnel is a multimedia corridor connecting different areas of the museum. I don't think I'm walking out of the time tunnel i just want to stand there and look at how cool this is very cool this can, can you turn back time cannot turn back no. time share no thank you share <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just think it's so cool looking this project they say um it was an ambitious design but executed uh very rapidly it won the firm a competition using this, uh, they used some design software, digital modeling analysis, and that allowed them to speed things up. And it's really cool looking inside as well. I don't know if you I'm, have- I'm sure they also sped it up using the cheap uh, Chinese labor. Oh, uh, well, there's probably Come on, everybody. That. It's your duty. Mm. It's your patriarchal duty. We need to pump it out, pump it out faster. Put down the iPhone. <laughs> Look how interesting it looks inside though as well. I think it's pretty cool looking inside. Nice. Very space agey. It almost looks like you're standing inside the, uh, I don't know, a starship. Like Star Wars. The star, yeah, or Star Trek. Looks like a, yeah, looks like a Star Wars like a bay. So if you're uh, wanting to visit China, put it on your list. The science Very fiction cool. museum. Mm -hmm. Well, as a penguin, I know that I need to take a break from time to time. So I think it's time to do that. <laughs> it's a sardine break, fish break. But I need to go get some sardines. <laughs> I need we'll to go right find back. myself a seal. We'll be right back on the, <laughs> the After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute 10, 15 or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the about section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Huge, huge thank you. Aloha, to bitches. Johan D, ongoing contributors, Candida W and Harold H. So grateful. And I'm gonna throw down again and thank you to Deborah yesterday for the $10 super sticker and SJ Lola for a $10 super sticker uh, that happened during the recorded show. Of course, this show is live. This is the after party live, and the super stickers and super chats all open for business. And if you just tuned you so in, much. you might be asking what the hell's going on. Oh! It's Halloween. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to do this Panera story. I've been holding okay. on to this. This is yeah. pretty funny. Um, so you're familiar with Panera, right? Yeah. Okay. Panera. They yeah. have a lemonade that's called a charged lemonade. Mm -hmm. And uh, the parents of a woman who died. Yeah. It's not, happy not so story. funny. Yeah. Right. The parents of a woman who died after drinking one of Panera Bread's so-called charged lemonades are suing mm -hmm. the national restaurant chain, alleging that the highly caffeinated drink is, quote, unreasonably dangerous. Um, this is uh, on Monday. So this was, uh, I think this was last week. The parents of a woman who, uh, sorry, on Monday, Jill and Michael Katz filed a lawsuit on behalf of their deceased daughter, Sarah, 21 years old, who died of cardiac arrest in September 2022 yeah. after consuming a charged lemonade. Katz had a heart condition that made her sensitive to caffeine, and she knew not to drink energy drinks, the lawsuit says. The filing argues that Panera beverage is defective in design uh, because it is a dangerous energy drink and that Panera did not sufficiently warn customers of any potential side effects or life-threatening effects on blood pressure, heart rate, and or uh, brain function. 
uh, that the charged lemonade might have. Panera offers three different charged lemonade flavors and does say that the 20 f- uh, fluid ounce drinks have about 260 milligrams of caffeine while it's larger. 30 fluid ounce drinks carry about 390 milligrams of caffeine. That's a lot. The FDA recommends that healthy adults not consume more than 400 per day, right? So that equates to four or five cups of coffee. So that that larger one is almost four, almost 400, five cups of coffee. That's a lot of caffeine. Yeah, they're, they're putting more signs now to, to warn people that it's got that much caffeine in there. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, Panera says, we strongly believe in transparency around our ingredients. We will work quickly to thoroughly investigate this matter. Um, yeah, so obviously lawsuit... Um, and, and tragedy there. Pretty sad. Huge, huge, huge thank you to our friend from Florida, Wes, for the $5 super sticker. Shout out so to Wes. grateful. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Wes. I um I would love to see what you're wearing for Halloween. And also, Elise Inzulio for $20 and a super sticker. And look how pretty you are. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I feel like you're throwing kind. me fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, can we do this one story about why the crappy coworkers tend to rise to the top before we oh, that's move a, on? To that's a good good topic. Travel Tuesday is coming up. But first, I wanted to talk about this story because, you know, it's always the people who are A-kissers or brown nosers. Backstabbers. Who, backstabbers. Gaslighters. And all of a sudden, the biggest jerk in the whole crew is the one who gets the, you know, the promotion or the raise or the whatever it is. So psychologists are finally figuring out why your, quote, toxic colleagues tend to climb to the top at work. This research came out of the University of Bonn, and they say, how the hell do workers noted for their greed, unfairness, immodesty, and lies succeed? So... That, was that actually about, in the study? How the hell? How the hell? That's actually in the study. <laughs> so they set about interviewing 203 employee colleagues, supervisor trios, and they gathered their self appraisals and coworker evaluations. And what they found is the success of toxic people or the toxic career model. It, it kind of goes like this. A toxic employee schmoozes and charms and politics, which results in high job performance reviews from superiors, even though coworkers know the ugly truth, right? And it all revolves around social skills because the same socializing that can foster strong, healthy work relationships can also be used, as we've seen on Survivor, to deceive Mm. other people. And toxic colleagues are able to use their social skills for their own gain. Trickery, disguise, and deception are the dark side of social skills. The study co-author at the University of Bonn saying such personalities tend to focus on themselves all the time. They call toxic people dark personalities. That sounds about right. Using using your your skills for evil instead of good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, the force is not with you. The researchers suggest that you can help stop toxic career climbs if you're a manager by paying attention to team performance, not just task performance. Separate job performance from good impressions, particularly in jobs that involve attracting attention and interest like leadership and sales where toxic personalities can thrive. So, yeah. Very cool. You know what else is cool? Deidre. No, Loza cut from Loza cut concrete, ten dollars. John, your penguin noise are cracking me up. <laughs> uh, D Graham, five dollars. Oh, you guys are awesome! Happy Toss Halloween, fi- everybody! Happy Halloween! Toss the fish this way. Uh, Vilma, <laughs> four ninety nine. Thank you. Can you do it on the um, the voice modulator? Can you do the uh? Oh. oh my god, that's perfect. <laughs> that's really good. Love it. Pretty cute. All right, let's get rid of this guy as we move forward. Do you want to do entertainment news or should we jump right into Travel Tuesday? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go into Travel Tuesday. Travel Tuesday, it is. Um, although I did have some. This flight's not going to be delayed. No, um, flyers apparently are 
looking for oh, Travel Tuesday. Look at my little thing I made. Look at that. Travel Tuesday. Uh, welcome to Travel Tuesday. It's Tuesday, <laughs> so we talk about travel. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. Flyers can't get enough of the upper middle class section of the plane. There's an yeah. upper middle class section. Why did yeah. I not know about it? So this is the new trending article because you know how uh, you'll see an article and then everyone else jumps on the bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> so the Wall Street Journal says that uh, the uh, it's not quite business class, right? But it's definitely not coach. The premium economy cabins. Have you ever uh, mm. paid for a like, premium economy? Like business class? It's like halfway. It's like halfway. Okay. It's like it's like uh, nicer seats usually. Sometimes I think they give you a little more leg room, but it's at the mm. front of economy. So it's okay. kind of like halfway there. It's like you're an aspiring business class person. Mm. And they're hooking travelers willing to treat themselves to extra comfort for about double the price of a coach seat on some flights. Wow. Um, with That's a lot offerings, more. yeah, with offerings labeled premium plus, premium select, or premium economy. There's always the word premium there. Airlines are expanding these sections, which typically come with roomier seats, like you're saying, early boarding, which is cool, free alcohol. Oh, boy. Uh, are you sure this isn't first class? It looks first classy, doesn't it's, it? It's just more space. Like, you're still, you're kind of in that, you know, that, that seat's not going to be as comfortable as a coach seat, but, mm -hmm. or as a, as a first class seat. First but class seat. They're referring to this as uh, upper middle class. You get better meals. Uh, you know, what's really class. funny is I was on a flight <laughs> back from New York and um, I was kind of at the front. I was right at the threshold between regular, um, you know, economy and the premium economy. And apparently I asked a um, I asked a flight attendant that I know later on why I got better service. And he said it's because of the the way that that plane is laid out, that mm. two seats or like one side, one row. Right. Get mm -hmm. lumped into the service of the premium economy. Oh, and so. Because I looked to the, I looked at the person next to me, and we were getting like, we were getting like our drinks in glass. We were getting upgraded meals. I was looking at the wow. people behind us, and we weren't, they were getting what we were getting. And I finally <laughs> asked her, I'm like, "Did you pay extra?" And she's like, "Nope." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm just gonna stay quiet." And she's like, "Yeah, me too." Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So sometimes, depending on the the arrangement, like how they lay out the seating, you might you might get uh, you might get roped into the free offering. Well, that's pretty cool. pretty cool. By the way, but... Heather says, Happy Penguin. Happy Penguin, Heather. <laughs> thank you for the $5, Heather. So funny. Thank you, Heather. I think it's kind of funny that they're calling it upper middle class. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, we do live in a caste system. It's just kind of funny. Some people uh, get Heather, all the fish. Heather writes, Premium Plus on United International is pretty close to domestic first class. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a United flight. Um, it was their like uh, I forget what they called it, but they had this premium service on United between like L.A., New York, and San Francisco, New York. Um, I think it anyway. would depend on how long the flight was. Like if I'm flying from SFO to LAX, I'm yeah. not going to fork out extra money for that. But if I'm flying maybe from SFO to I don't know Europe or some far flung destination, maybe it's worth having a little room and a little comfort on a long flight. I see. I think it depends on your personality type. For me, mm -hmm. I want to spend my money on the experiences once I get over to England. Right. Right. When I'm when I went on my trip, I can bear it for you know, seven, eight hours. I, mm -hmm. I, I was a boy scout. We hike 50 miles. Like I would <laughs> sleep on the dirt. Like it didn't bother me. So I'd rather save the money, you know, and yeah. spend it on some other experience. Cause it's but temporary. It's fleeting some, for me. Some could say that the flight is part of the experience. Well, if it is for you, if you value that, it depends on your values, right? I don't value mm. that because I, I would enjoy it, but it wouldn't be worth it. It would be like having a really nice hotel room. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Cause I'm only there to sleep. Like mm. it's a waste of money for me. You might like it, but I, I don't. I see really the value like in it. it. I like waking up in the morning and hearing the ocean and smelling the ocean breeze and opening my eyes and seeing crystal blue. I like getting like, up and then going over to the ocean. Yeah, I want to <laughs> walking walking down. I want to open the sliding door and put my feet in the sand. Uh, but some travelers have complained that uh, airlines have no incentive to improve the main cabin experience as long as they continue to introduce these new classes of better seats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, he says it doesn't, uh, this one guy takes it, uh, you know, upgrades, and he says it doesn't hurt that the food is also better. To him, premium economy is the difference between feeling like part of the herd of cattle and what he mm. considers to be a tolerable experience. Uh, it's the little <laughs> dignities. And that's the sad, sad thing. If you see the photos from, like, when people started flying in the 60s, mm -hmm. right, and the, it, 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 it looked really nice. It, you know, people yeah. dressed up, and it was comfortable. Um, but those days are over. 
This next story uh, has to do with labor, but a different kind of labor. Okay. First of all, they tell you not to fly when you get really pregnant, right? Right. They say, I mean, I'm assuming everybody knows this. Does the article say hella pregnant? If you're hella pregnant, don't get on an airplane. (laughs) And this is why this story pisses me off. Because, and hey, I've been in labor twice. I've gone through it. I, I, my sympathies to moms and I, you know, I don't begrudge you for having children, but I do begrudge you for delaying every single person traveling because your pregnant ass had to get on a United Airlines plate. This happened. The plane departing SFO for Honolulu had to turn around Monday night because a woman went into labor on the plane. Oh, you don't want to delay Kim when she's trying to get to Hawaii. <laughs> Aloha, bitches. Get out of my way. <laughs> the airport said this flight was on its way to Hawaii when the woman began to go into labor. They had to turn it around back to SFO. Uh, United sets, sends out, and this is all we know about it, sends out this statement. United Flight 1509 from San Francisco to Honolulu safely returned to SFO following a medical incident on board. First responders met the airplane at the gate. We're making arrangements for other passengers to complete their journey as soon as possible. So, okay, there's a possibility that she went into labor maybe really early. I don't know. Uh, Why not continue on? (laughs) Maybe she needed extra help or maybe they were really only very... Uh, just a little bit into the flight, so it made more sense to take her back to SFO. Yeah, it makes more sense depending on which side of the trip they're on, right? I don't know, but yeah, the plane left SFO had to come right back because of the labor. What's the definition of hella pregnant when you're about to pop? Yeah, I think it's when everyone goes up and touches you without your permission. Mm, I think that's hella I think pregnant. They do that the whole time. Really? Don't fly pregnant. I think it's. I want to say seven or eight months they tell you that you should stop flying right air travel during pregnancy is it safe don't fly after they say 36 weeks so we'll maybe get the upgrade to the uh, labor and delivery section of the plane welcome to the labor and delivery section you get your own Mm. little private curtain right you get your own OBGYN. They say after 36 weeks of pregnancy, your healthcare provider may advise against flying. And some airlines don't allow pregnant people to fly even after 36 weeks. The airline might require a letter from your healthcare provider that states how far along in your pregnancy you really are and whether fly, flying is advised or not. Or just so, buy an extra street, uh, extra seat for your doula. Bring your doula with you. There's like so many. Doula carry on. No, there's a lot of complications when you're flying. Uh, especially when you're flying while pregnant, blood clots, uh, all kinds of things. So it's really not advised. So and also the whole delaying of all the people. If she's eight or nine months pregnant and ready to pop, that was rude. That's all I have to say. This Judgy one's ready Kim. to pop. Judgy Kim out. Judgy Kim out. <laughs> Some uh, better, better news, uh, happier, uh, friendlier news. Uh, Southwest, I want to let everyone know if you're a fan of Southwest, they have a sale going on right now uh, across the U.S. and Mexico for as low as 50 or 39 dollars you could fly what so 39 dollars. yeah southwest is getting into the halloween spirit i always log into these things and it's like they had 10 tickets available and i missed the party now with southwest it's really about how far in advance you book so as long as you're like uh they won't show up until they're like it's two weeks two weeks or uh, or more in the future usually um but yeah these are legit i've flown them they used to have 29 dollars to la uh, with a spe- spectacular sale uh, with their one-way, one-way flights as low as $39. The sale w- w- uh, must be booked by midnight on November 2nd. So this is, uh, or, I'm sorry, the, the midnight between November 2nd and 3rd. So it's mm-hmm. the night of November uh, 2nd. Is available for travel between, here you go, between November 23rd and May 22nd, uh, 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So May 2024! May 2024! <laughs> so that's plenty of time. Um so while deal. there are some blackout dates, the sale does include, include travel across the United States. It's not going to be every flight, right? So it's not going to be every destination. Uh, yeah. But usually when you find the $39 uh, flights, they all, all the other flights will be, you know, uh, proportionally discounted. So if you want mm-hmm. to look at some flights, uh, you can go, you know, they, they have some sample fares here. Los Angeles to Vegas, right? San Diego to Sacramento, $39. Some of the other flights um, are 159 New York to Palm Springs. So if you want to look into uh, booking a Southwest flight, uh, now's the time to do it. 
Well, listen, I know that you, you're not going to fork out the extra money for the upper middle class plane ticket. So yeah. you're probably not going to fork out five grand a night or maybe even 300 a night to stay at this newest resort in Las Vegas. No, or as I like to suckers. say, wages. Suckers. <laughs> it's called Fontainebleau. Oh, how fancy. Mm-hmm. It's the second Fontainebleau. Uh, the first oui, oui. one... the first one i forget where it is there's another one i think it's in florida it's extra fancy yeah fontainebleau miami beach uh this one is built in las vegas and it is the newest resort 3.7 billion dollars they built they spent to build this in las vegas 23 years in the making it's the newest resort uh, in Las Vegas, it's going to open, set to open. We'll see if they make it December 13th, 25 acres at the north end of the Las Vegas Strip. It's right between the West Hall of the Las Vegas Convention Center and the Sahara. Oh, that they sounds say really fancy. It's a sh- well, you know, it's right next to the Sahara. And I'm right the, down, right by the convention center. You can't miss well, it. The if you're Blue. going to a convention, that's right where you want to be. Luxury. They say... And it's a new addition to the skyline. They say it's um, <clears throat> shimmering monolithic facade that's now visible from all the turns on the course at the Formula One car race that is going to be held in the... Oh, Nick with $5. We're going trick-or-treating with the kids. Friends always say, don't forget your traveler. That's right. Got to take your traveler. Thank you, Nick. Happy Halloween, my friend. They started building the Fontainebleau, Fontainebleau, Las Vegas in 2007. They stopped during the recession. It sat 70% finished for 12 years. Then they started building again uh, in 2021, charged forth with plans. It is posh. There are 76 suites. They range from $300 to $5,000 a night. They say it unlocks a new level of elegance. Mm. They have billiard tables in the suites, wellness rooms in the suites, custom Italian bedding. They say we are proud to say Fleur de Lis, which is, are the suites in the place, is a masterpiece with meaning behind every detail and design choice. And we can't wait for our guests to discover what we've created for them. The suites range in size from 1,000 square feet to 10,000 square feet up at the penthouse. Oh, okay, Las Vegas. Chris is saying he spent a week at the Mountain Blue in 1993, and boy, was it a dump in need of renovation. I'm guessing really? that's, that's the Miami Beach the one location, Florida Chris. One? Yeah. I don't know. Had to be, because yeah. this one doesn't open until December. All right, unless they there's have, another one somewhere. They're redefining food and beverage. Uh, they have all kinds of spas and hydrotherapy lounges and co-ed sensory rooms, all kinds of things. So co-ed sensory room. That sounds if you're like a, a traveler if on Travel Tuesday. Let's go to go Vegas to... for the uh, co-ed sensory room. That's I don't know. Want to know what happens in there? That's, that's code. Yeah. Make do we sure want to do entertainment stories at all here in our final moments? Yeah, because I did want to tell people a couple things. I'll skip the first one, and I will say that Matthew um, Perry died. Yeah, and also Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz statement. got engaged. That's cool. I think they're a cute little couple, and I hope that they do well. Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz getting married. And the other story I wanted to share with you before we check out of the after party on this Halloween is that Britney Spears got busted again. Oops, she did it again? Yeah, she did it again. This is the second time that she has been caught speeding. And the officer... Where is she going? I don't know. In a real hurry. The officer comes to the window, the CHP officer... And says, can I have your license and registration? And she says, oh, I don't have that. What? Mm. What do you mean you don't have that? And the officer says, well, it's not like I don't know who you are, but uh, I need to have your license and registration. And she'll use the excuse, well, I give my license to my security people to hold and they just haven't given it back. But this time she said, sorry, I had to TT." I guess that means she has to go to the bathroom. My house is right there. I'm so sorry, she tells the officer. Uh, When asked to produce her driver's license or any form of picture ID, Spears could not. 
they say, do you have a, any photo ID, a photo with anything on it? Uh, I know who you are, but is there any reason you don't carry it with you? And she tries to explain that her security team holds on to her ID. She didn't get it back recently after traveling. But this is the second time that it's happened to her. The first time in September, well, first time recently, uh, she was accused of going 60 in a 40, and she didn't have her license or proof of insurance in the car. And we know she has some mental issues, but really, if you've been pulled over once for this, you would think that you next time would at least have your license on you, right? Wah, wah, wah. Brittany did it again. Well, we have done it again. An amazing episode of the After Party Live, and you guys really stepped up for us. Huge thanks to Wes for the $5 super sticker. Elise for $20, so generous. Deidre for $10. Happy, happy Halloween to you. D Graham for five. Hi, D. Vilma for five. Vilma, thank you and happy Halloween. Heather, you rock. Happy Penguin to you too for five. And Nick for five. Enjoy your trick-or-treating with all your special extras. And new contributor Joanne D. Ongoing contributors Candida yeah. W. And Harold H. Without you, we couldn't do it. Oh. You guys have a happy Halloween. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Halloween. Peace <laughs> out, Bye. Bitches.